Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Flames Fancast. It's a, been a pleasure to have you in 2018. We really enjoyed it and this will be our last show of the year. We'll be back in the new year with uh, episode 35, obviously. But we're going to take a little bit of a Christmas break, much like you. And I just wanted to take this time to wish everyone a happy new year, merry Christmas, happy holidays, whatever it is you celebrate over this time. Happy Festivus, <laughs> happy Hanukkah. Enjoy that time with your Kwanzaa. family and friends. Yeah. Eat a lot, drink a lot, especially when you watch the Flames play. Drink, drink a lot then, because you have to lately, because because we just <clears> lost <throat> to the Blues, and that makes me sad. We won't be back till probably after the thirteenth of January, because I'll be gone for a couple weeks. Just so you guys know, if you have a bit of a a void in your life in the new year of twenty nineteen. <laughs> And you don't have the Flames fan cast fix. There, there are old episodes you can always listen to. Just absolutely, in case. there's tons of shit. That but we talk you know, about. we're we're gonna leave you with a a great one today. It's for sure. It's gonna be a great one, and there's lots to do today. And we're gonna do a bit of a mid 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 a mid mid a mid season report card on our team. So that'll be interesting for sure. And yeah. Let's get right into it. Let's go. A little bit of a mini slump right now, Jank. We just lost to St. Louis today, being Saturday the 22nd. It was uh, not our best game, that's for sure. Lost to the Lightning. Lost to the Stars. <clears throat> and our last win was uh, four games ago, where we beat the Blues comprehensively. But we've, we, we've lost three on the trot, and we've got three big games coming up against the Jets, Canucks, and Sharks. Three-game losing streak... Weird to say that we still got a point out of the last three games. Uh, still not a fan of that. That Tampa game. Yeah, still not a fan of the whole loser point. But uh, how have we been playing? The Stars. Let's start with that. Uh, they seem to have our number this year so far. When we played them in, in Calgary. We, we always seem unlucky against them yeah. in Texas. In, in Calgary, when we played them, you know, we got a point out of it. We lost in overtime, but... You know, they they were pretty much in control of the game for the most part. Uh, and then you look at the game that we just played with them recently in Texas, it's the same thing. They they just they kind of just knew what we were doing. Everything was telegraphed. Everything It's like, yeah, we know how Goodrow's going to enter the zone. We know what Kachuk does around the boards behind the net. You know, we know that Geo lifts his leg up before he takes that shot. Like, stuff like that, right? I mean, and uh, I thought you were gonna say takes that shit. He could take a shit too. We Lifts that know. leg up before he takes <laughs> that shit. Uh, our goaltending was okay that game, but their goaltending was better. Well, we and didn't they, score. And yeah, they got a shutout. And but I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought they actually switched their goalie in the third period because Godobin got I don't hurt remember. Or some okay, I, don't remember. I might be wrong about that. Anyhow. The Lightning game was one where we were both at, and I thought, you know, this is a big game for us because we want to show that we're at that level where we can compete with the top teams in the NHL. And we did. We held our own. But I felt like we could have had a regulation win, and we kind of let it slip. And to me, it looked like a game of it was a, it was a hard-played game. Each team really wanted it, but it was sloppy, really mm -hmm. sloppy. And that's why you had the 5-4 scoreline. That's why you had the Flames give up a 3-1 lead. It was a weird game because we actually looked like vintage us. And by vintage, I just mean by this season. But we looked very dominant once we scored our first goal. Actually, right after when they scored their goal, we started stepping it up. And then we scored three in a row. And we looked great value for the game. And it was a good test for us to see, okay, how do we fare against a team that is head and shoulders above the rest of the league right now. Like, by goal scoring goals in terms of points, you know, their their first line is just absolutely killing it. Like, Kuznetsov is, like, destroying everybody in points this season. And uh, it was a good test for well, us to that, see. Not that Colorado line. No, but that Colorado, yeah, that's an exception that, for that's sure. That's it about. But, yeah, like, but the Lightning, by and large, are the best team in the NHL right now and by a big margin. And well, it was just a good way th to there see. There was a team in the East that said, you know, we're, we're X amount, and it was a small amount of points out of the playoffs, and we don't have to play the Lightning anymore. Yeah. Because they, they were basically saying that those games are auto-loss. That's an auto-loss. Absolutely. 
And if we meet them, it'll be in the playoffs, hypothetically speaking. If we meet them, it would be in the, the cup final. Yeah. Which I would I'd, – I'd lose my shit. I'd lose my mind We're if we play the Lightning again. We do that. But, yeah, the Lightning – I'd lose my mind if we make the cup final to begin with. But if absolutely. we're there against the Lightning – that that might that might that might be the end of me. <laughs> there, well, there's definitely a, a side kind of history there, right? Obviously, because oh. we did win the cup that year, they, we just got fucked by the refs, and I'm not afraid to say that. And I feel like the refs kind of fucked us the game against Tampa actually uh, the other day. So, I mean, I saw the slash on fucking Hathaway's face, and the ref was right there. Uh, I. I saw a bunch of interference on Backlund before. I think it was a couple minutes before his first goal, actually, of that game. Like, it just, it's not an excuse, but it just seems to happen against the fucking Lightning, and it's just, it's getting a little tiresome. So hopefully the NHL just wakes the fuck up and they actually send us some good referees for this game. Uh, But the Lightning are eight points ahead of the Maple Leafs. Um, So they, they just have some commanding, they have a commanding position in the league right now. Uh, but it was a good test, and we actually held our loan. And, and in fact, we, you can make the argument that we did better than them for the most part. In fact, any other game where we have those three chances in a row in overtime that Monaghan had right in front of the net, you know, we kept shooting it as pads. Like, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, any other we, game We had our chances, we just couldn't capitalize. For sure. So we, we would have a different conversation right now if we had scored that. But I don't consider that game a loss. Like, you go to... You go to a shootout. It's it's a coin flip. So there was no, there was no real differentiating difference between the two teams in my in my eyes that game. It looked fairly even. Nobody really had total control. It was just very. I thought the Flames, if anything, had a little bit more. I I have two overarching takeaways from that. One, we took Tampa Bay to an overtime loss. Two. We had a three three one lead and we let it slip. I think I think at some point when it was three one, we went. In, it was a period break, right? First period break. That's when you figure out what you need to say and say we've got these guys on the ropes. You know, one more goal is really going to kill this game. We we can win this. We can take it to them. We just didn't find a way to do that. We yeah. let them creep back into it, and they creep back in. Uh, and they were winning four three, were they not? We scored with yeah Johnny with, with five scored, minutes yeah. left. Yeah. That was that was a really nice breakaway goal. Mm-hmm. Just, just and he tried it was a that half move breakaway. He had that just skating and just slipped it by. Mm-hmm. But yes, we had our chances, but we also let it get away from us. And now we have a similar situation against um, in our game tonight because St. Louis, for example, is. Not a good team right now. No. Let's call a spade a spade. They're they one. Of, they're one. They're they're amongst the bottom. Basement dweller. Total. And and you know, I'm I'm getting slightly worried right now about our team, in the sense that we're getting to these positions where, you know, either we're falling behind in the game early on, and we're constantly putting ourselves in this position to start clawing back, which is not ideal, obviously, uh, for a team that wants to be a competitor in the playoffs, you have to be consistent through period one through three. It's great to see... What was that? <laughs> I'm consistent. You're, no, we have to be consistent between all periods. Rather than relying on this abnormal third period stat that we seem to I be relying on. I was making a joke. On. You didn't get it. I missed it completely. <laughs> what were you mind. saying? Consistently drinking. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of which... But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Ah. And... But now it's catching up to us, right? So now it's like that one period is not going to help you. So we had the one period today uh, against St. Louis, but that was the second period, well, and we didn't finish. And you look to it the season so far, we have some serious stat anomalies. Those uh, games that we've clawed back with two empty net goals, yep. those are anomalous games. And we've had Those we've are had so infrequent. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, we're – Almost it's gotten a bit to our heads, some younger players on the team, the young core, and we're at the, we're fourth in the NHL. These guys might be thinking they're hot shit, which, which they are, but you know, it, it all means nothing if you can't convert, and you kind of have to keep that form going. You kind of have to keep pushing on these 
bottom-dwelling teams and get those two points consistently. That's what Tampa's doing. That's what Toronto's doing. That's what Winnipeg is doing. I just don't feel so confident in us being able to do that all the time. And you got to be careful. Now you're in a situation where if you lose a couple more without getting a point, without getting your loser point, uh, you know, Vegas, who is pretty much in a wild card spot right now, they're only five points. No, Vegas, sorry. Anaheim, San Jose. So they're only four points behind us right now. Yeah. And although we have a game on hand on Vegas, like Anaheim, it's, San Jose, right there. Yeah. It's only we're only talking three, four points separating us from basically the last wild card spot to the top of the div or top of the, our div and top of the West. So you have no margin for error here now. And the guys, like whatever Bill Peters needs to say to the players is your leash is, your leash is very short here. Very short. It's not going to take much for you to be out of a spot. It's the, the point dispersion right now is quite narrow. And yeah, we're playing great. We got 24 more goals and then we let in and, and all that fun stuff. Our home record's fucking amazing, 11-4. Our away record is still really good. Yeah, fantastic. But a few more losses, now you're in fucking trouble. And it doesn't help. So I want to ask you, the morale of the right team. now, we're on that mini slump. Is it good or bad that we're going into the Christmas break here? I think it's good because we need this break. You know, like we need to see... The players just need to see, you know, apples to apples comparisons right now because my biggest gripe so far this season is not necessarily how the NHL is structured, but the, how the schedule is actually structured. So there was a while there, I think the first couple months, where we had like four or five more games played than some of the yeah, teams in our I remember that, conference. Yeah. So now when you hit the break, you're going to have teams for the most part playing the equal amount of games. And it's going to be really good for the guys to see, okay, where do we actually stand now? Instead of theoreticals, this is it's, – it's straight front of your face. You're only three or four points ahead of the last wild card spot. Get your shit together, right? We're more than capable to do very well this season. Um, but it comes down to a big effort of the team. You know, we, we can't get deflated every time fucking Smith lets in a shit howler. I think – I think happens it's, two uh, times we'll, a game We'll get lately. to that in a bit, but – I know you and I both have opinions on that, but I think that it's 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 elevated beyond that. But, but I agree with you. I think that it's good that we have this break right now, even a time to step back from hockey, have a dinner with the family, friends, you know, take a few days, recuperate, have a few days off, and then, okay, Boxing Day, really turn that focus. Jets, excuse me, San Jose, Vancouver. Yeah. Big games, big games. Huge. And, you know, away, home, home. Let's, let, let's come out of the gates flying here and end the year with a bang. I know that we all need that and we'd all appreciate that. So, Would you rather go into the break with three wins or three losses? Three wins, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I don't want to lose, period. Absolutely. But going but in with three losses, now is a good time for a but break. But sometimes a break, sometimes a break, yeah, exactly. That's That was kind of where I was going to. It's like if you had three wins before the break, yeah, it's a good it's good for your standings, but sometimes you don't want to lose the momentum, right? You know what right? you say then? Oh, man, it sucks. We have a break coming up, but oh, well. Yeah. Right now, we're kind of like, oh, Four days off. But if there's anything, it's kind of a wake-up now. Yeah. They need that. Here's they, your they Christmas do. text. Don't lose on the 27th, boys. Well, there's that. and that's, that's amazing coaching for you. Well, think of it this way, too. We've been very fortunate that the teams below us have been losing at the same time that we've been losing. Yeah. It's also today, a missed opportunity. Yeah, but it's also a missed opportunity to grow that gap, but at least they're losing below us. Well, so today I know... Vegas was winning with five minutes left, and they lost to Montreal. San Jose lost to L.A., and I know that both those games were in overtime, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take it. I mean, they were ahead. Vegas was ahead. San Jose wasn't, but... Well, Colorado's making a slight comeback. Uh, they're they're right. in the Central. I don't care so much about them, right? Yeah. It's about... it's An- Anaheim, I hope they lose to Buffalo, yeah. obviously. Hey, yeah, 2 nothing. Instant Buffalo. update. There it is. But, uh, you know... I'm happy that we're in a point of the season where we're actively watching the scoreboard. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, Such a nice welcome difference. I, I just <laughs> want... I know. It's so Fuck. wonderful. Oh. 
Oh, it's great. Watching, uh, you used to watch the scoreboard for all the wrong reasons. Now you're watching it to see how much of a buffer zone you have at the top. And I, I love that. Oh. When you watched today's game, did you have a bit of PTSD going on? Yeah, it wasn't great. They just, I, I was, I, I, ever since we had that podcast where we talked about bargaining with yourself, in the third period, I'm like, we need two goals, one every 10 minutes. And then the clock would tick down, and I'd do yep. the math. 10 <laughs> minutes left, two goals every five minutes. I watched with a buddy of mine, and he was saying, come on, fellas, we got to score in the next two minutes. Like, you knew he was bargaining with himself, too. I'm like, man. But it's, it, it, it needs just, to be done, right? It needs to be done. Well, you need to that's score. That's what keeps you watching. <laughs> and it kind of upsets me because I had that sense of urgency sitting at home on my couch, and it didn't look like we did. How easy is it is for us to say that on the couch? Yeah, but I, I was, you know, on the edge of my seat. Mm. I was anticipating our next goal. And it just kind of looked like we were happy to get a half chance here and there and maybe one goes in. Didn't look like anyone was flying off the handle to put him in. And maybe it was just playing into the break and they were a bit demoralized, whatever. I don't know what it was. It, it was. it was a bad game. You know, part of me still, I think what stings about this game today more than anything for me is that the f- sheer fact that all the teams below us are losing. We and, couldn't capitalize. And we can't capitalize against amongst the worst teams in NHL right now, who again, players who don't necessarily have much to play for outside of their pride, which is not a small thing. But, you know, when your GM comes out and basically says the whole team is for sale and this team beats you, you got to be ashamed of yourself. And you know, you know what it was. This is a fucking interception thrown to us. I mean, you right? got to think, though, you gotta too. You got to get a touchdown here. You wallop these guys 7-2 in their arena. You should be prepared for this. And they're, it's, it doesn't matter if their GM said you're all for sale. They're like, wow, you've damaged my pride. I'm going to come here and show you what's up. And they yeah, did. They it's did. a wounded animal yeah. at this point, right? So They did. We needed to come out flying, but we didn't. We looked hungover. Like, I... Uh, Okay, I'm not accusing our players of doing anything, but they looked out of it today. The puck was not under control. I mean, Johnny is our guy. Like, we all look toward him for inspiration, to start an attack, to bring the puck into the zone. Even the puck was bobbling on his stick today. And it's just like nothing was connecting, and I think that was the most frustrating part well, outside he, of the goaltending. But, he had uh, that one Lindholm pass. That was it. That was but, unreal. That was Don't a moment of brilliance, but, for sure. But you had... So many times where he just couldn't get control of the puck, and you know it wasn't a typical Flames. You're not going to have every game dominant where, performance. Exactly, yeah. like every game is not going to be perfect for the guy or Monty or Lindholm, but it just it just looks extraordinarily fucked today. Like it just yeah, there was something wasn't that wasn't connecting. Anyhow, goaltending. Yeah, can you start this one about Mike Smith? <laughs> Come well, on, I you mean, and I are I, thinking I, similar I, things. I, uh, I've, I've, uh, you know, one thing I'll note from the commentary is that the commentators wanted to say it was Mike Smith's fault on the goal, but they couldn't. They were like, and you never know what's happening. And there's a lot of guys fault on the ice for that goal. And it just went in blah, blah, blah. But here's my take. And I told you earlier, but you're watching Perron. He's looking up, he grabs the puck, he takes it down, he puts it to his stick, he takes a touch, he shoots it. That's more than enough time to survey the situation locate the puck, square to the shooter, and make the safe instead of looking completely bewildered. And I'm, you know, I was Smith's defender. I said, we got to ride this guy out. He's going to play through it. He's not. It's halfway through the season. He's cost us points. He's cost us points is the moral of the story. And we just can't afford that anymore. And the guy, he just honestly looks demoralized. He looks defeated. That puck went in, and he's looking around like, He's not to blame, you know? That's You're the guy who has to stop that. And the goals that go in are just soft. That rebound goal, soft. They're just so soft. And every goal now, I know when Mike Smith's playing, every goal I'm analyzing how much of his fault was that goal. Yeah. When, I shouldn't do some, that with my goalkeeper. No, and when sometimes it really isn't his fault, but some people do find a way to blame him. Well, But think of it, that, oh, that's a good point, by the way. Think about how much you and I and probably most fans on every single goal on Mike Smith, everybody tries to find the fault in what he does. Did, did you know his is like fucking magnified hundred times in his head? Did it's you ever worse. do that with Kiprasov? 
No, but never. And we don't do that. And I guarantee you, we don't do that with Riddick. You, no, if I anything, don't. If every, anything, everyone's like, it's okay. It's okay. Because like, he makes you know? the save. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes he lets in. He lets in maybe, you know, uh, he could have done better on that. But there's no uh, Philadelphia goal where he steers it into our own net, literally. No, and, and that's that's absolutely true. But we are so much more lenient on Riddick and, 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 and for good reason. But just remember that now that we're at a point where, like, pretty much every person in that stadium is sitting there going, like, what the fuck, Mike Smith? What happened there? You know that he is just killing himself, and now we're in this rut now. So every time he gets scored on, it's it's like triple the damage in his brain, and it, it affects the whole team. And it affects the whole the team. ripple effects. You can see the guys they, they they lose a bit. They lose a bit of energy. Their shoulders come down. Dude, it's a tidal wave. Their heads of negative drop a energy, little bit, man. It's a total. And they just. You know, I don't think anyone really knows how to react around Mike Smith when something like that happens. So on the. Like on, in fairness, on that first goal tonight, we had three guys surrounding the Blues player when the puck was in the in the air. Yeah. Not one of our like at the very least in a play like that, you just got to get your body under the puck. Look up. Get your body the, in front of the man, right? Get your body in front of that. Get your body under the puck if you're a defender or forward that's near the play. We have three guys versus their one basically, and their one got the puck, and yes. It's a short side goal again. God, that that fucking irritates me. These short side goals. See, but the and fact it was his right-handed shot. The by fact the way. that we are analyzing the crap out of this, mm. and and trying to assign blame to multiple different locations is a problem in itself. But we have to be because what we did after that was we took the game to one-one. Sure. And then we should have known. Okay, it's one-one now. It's St. Louis at the dome. This is done. The final's going to be 4-1. It's over. So I'm trying to figure out more why the coaching staff keeps going back to this guy, trying to give him this extra chance. Like I think I think it's honestly, that might have been a bit of rotation. Riddick had played a lot. Sh- sure, but, dude, we used to watch goalies play 70 fucking games in a season. Th- that never happens anymore. I know, but, like, even 60 games. Like, you can still play 60 games. I'm pretty sure Riddick was, would be more than happy to play 60 games. I mean, I can't don't, now, but I'm I I agree with you 100. percent I just I don't I can't I don't know why Peter's well, why and doesn't the it staff happen don't, anymore? Don't do way. this. Why doesn't it happen anymore? By the way, I have I just don't. It's kind of evolved, you know. It's been an evolution. I don't really have an answer to that. I just feel like if your goalie is good enough, you're playing him like 90 percent of the games if you can. I feel like the goalies just. Like, let's look at Bobrovsky here, who's probably played the most out of all goalies in the league. Probably not. Well, he's got only 26. That's a lot of games played. Yeah, oh, How many games have he played? 36. So he's played one out of every t- – he's played two out of every three games. Yeah, and like – about. Yeah, so they've played 35 games. He started 26. So he's only missed nine goalie games. that would play the most. Carey Price, he's not even starting all of them. No, he's not. And um, maybe Frederick Anderson, Toronto, he seems to play a lot. True. I mean, I agree with you that there's there's a bigger phenomenon of shared goaltending. I, uh, I don't know why, but it just it happened. It just feels like maybe okay. the the gap in quality between backup and starter severely reduced. Perhaps, perhaps. Maybe it just became a lot more strenuous to be a starting goalie, a lot more on your plate. So you have Marc-Andre Fleury, who's played 33. That's a lot. Frederick Anderson, 29. So they're riding Hellebuck, Fleury like crazy then. Yeah, and so Winnipeg is riding Hellebuck, right? And yeah. So it, it's not... No, but Fleury, Fleury is basically playing... He's on track for 70 games. Uh, yeah, so Craig Anderson, Carey Price, John Gibson, Frederick Anderson. These are the top five in games... 33, 31, 30, 30, 29, respectively. So this is 80 to 90% of the game so far. So th- it's not abnormal to hear that a goalie's playing that many games. But you know, I don't see why we wouldn't try Riddick there. Generally, these goalies are playing quite well. Sure, but... You know, I mean, look at their goals against, their well, safe percentage. Craig Anderson is debatable, 14 and 13. Right, Price, but he's okay. o- who else has Ottawa got? Nobody, but who do we got? Is 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 Mike Smith a proper backup with the fucking goals he's letting in every I, game? I see your point, and yeah. Like, okay, I get the guy's a big name, and 
And nobody, I mean, everybody in this city would be happy to see him rebound from a very poor start to the season to be our bona fide number one. He, I mean, we, we needed him to be the bona fide number one. I, I want that to happen, but the reality is the numbers don't lie here. He, he's not even good enough to be our backup right now. He's almost in the bottom five when it comes to save percentage versus how many games he's played. He is not up there with wins. The only thing he's up there is shutouts because he has two. But, I mean, great. Like, the, but one was awesome. That was the Nashville game. That was like two months ago. You're killing me right now, man. I, I, like, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time. I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. He's not – he's not – I think he's just causing damage to the team as a whole. Right. So if you look, if you sort by save percentage – it's for awful. A goal team. Yeah, for a goaltending. So James Reimer is the closest one in terms of games played, and he has a .888 save percentage. Mike Smith has 21 games, .888 save percentage. Like, he lets in three goals a game. That's his goals against average. That's awful for a number one, or supposed to be our number one. No one is anywhere near that. Sure, Talbot is up there for sure, but even he has an 894. Like, it's not much better, but that's why they're playing – what's his name? That uh, Koskinen. Koskinen. I mean, that guy's playing fuck great. Fuck Edmonton, man. Yeah, fuck Edmonton, but fuck my Edmonton. point still stands. You know, like, Quick is having a horrible year, and that might be because his team is shit. He's been injured a lot, too. And his, yeah, Martin Jones. Like, fuck anyway, LA, too. Like, look at the goalies that we're comparing him to. This is not a league of Mike Smith. The Mike Smith think, that we all you know. You know what? If you boil it down, I think that – Peters thinks he has this elite quality potential. <laughs> it's funny to say potential in a 35-year-old, but he yeah. has the ability to be an elite goalie, and you feel like it's just around the corner. Alternatively, it could be that in practice, the guy is absolutely lights out. Absolutely lights out. Yeah, it could and be, but think of it this way. He probably says, if I stop starting this guy, I've lost him for the rest of, for pretty much the rest of well, his Well, he he's not starting him anymore. He's... Rotating well, he's him, rotating. Right? He's still giving him that glimmer of hope that you still can get this number one spot if you get me a couple fucking games. There's got to be something we don't know as to why this is happening. Sure. Uh, like, we don't know what his dressing room uh, I don't know, think attitude it's is. We, well, I don't know. We'll see. Well, there like, was that conflict with Neil. Yeah, allegedly there was a problem there. Another Calgary Flames star, but there was that. <laughs> I mean, I could see these two going at it for each other, right? Why don't but you make a save? Why you don't you get a goal? Being in the dressing room and two of your worst fucking players are arguing about one doing the job better than the other. Like, if you're fucking... If that doesn't fire you up, I don't know what does. <laughs> Can you imagine hearing your two worst players fucking bicker in the dress and everybody's looking at these guys like, what the fuck are you guys doing anyway? Like, James Neal, make a save. Oh, James Neal, score a goal. Like, where the fuck have you been this season? Like, you are the last person to say anything. They, I get their friends, but fuck, this is like, I don't know what it's like. There's no way to compare it. Like, you're saying there are two worst fucking players, or not two worst, but two of the most underperforming players in your <laughs> roster are arguing about each other playing shit. <laughs> like, there is some ironic bullshit going on here. To a point where everybody in dressing is like, oh my god. I can't believe I'm watching this right now. Maybe that's what got us on our run, you know? <laughs> James Neal and Mike Smith. They but have at it. This is a fucking comedy act here. Yeah. This is like Abbott and Costello trying to fucking work together. But when together James Neal said something. that to Smith, it was a different point in the season where it's not halfway through and he's still not an absolute dumpster fire of a player after that. But point. he was potentially a dumpster fire. Speaking of which, James Neal. Yeah. And, and and I know you said earlier, is it time that we just we call the spade a spade and say this guy is the Troy Brower 2.0? Yeah, I, I didn't want to get to this point, but I feel like I'm still not like 100% there, but I'm like 98% there. And the reason He's why... He's bad, man. He, he just... I, I still bad. feel like, okay, I'm still clinging on, and maybe this is just me, you know, bargaining with myself, but... I do feel like if he could just get a couple goals, then things will change. But he can't. His, his effort on the ice, if any of you go to the game or watch the game, 
mostly when you go to the game because then you can actually focus on him. Watch him get on the ice and, and play. How many times have you noticed or you've said to me or you've just noticed watching yourself, I haven't seen James Neal in a long time. He's sat pretty much the whole period. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Just, this is a veteran guy, right? It's just not They're supposed it. to have uh, all, the, all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted at this point. They know what it takes to be an NHL player. Yeah. And like I said before, if you don't have the effort, oh, what else are you going to bring? He can't rely on his skill. Well, don't you notice that he just glides? Yes. He rarely works yeah. his ass off. You know what he does when he shoots? He takes a lot of shots, but they are the low percentage shots. It's a shot that, that, that the goalie is easily saving right into his midriff, or he's got that covered every time. I, he, he needs to have be in the positions where he's getting a shot. I was watching today against St. Louis, and he could have upended his man, not upended, but jockeyed his man for position for in the slot in front of the net. Ryan was in the corner getting the puck. He didn't even bother. No. He didn't even skate in there hard. He didn't even kind of put his, put his elbow against the man and say, this is my position, and I'm going to hold it down, and the puck comes here. I'm going to steer it into the net. None of that happened with him. He didn't even... It was like, I'm not going to waste my time doing that. Maybe he thought, Ryan's not going to get that puck. I'm not going to waste my time doing that. But you're never going to score if you're not in the position for those chances, especially if you're James Neal. And if you're in a situation like that where you're six points or seven points and there's 35 games played, you better be busting your ass to get into quality scoring chance positions all the time, no matter what, just in case the puck comes to you. Look at that goal that Perron got today. Just in the in the right place at the right time, Neil. Just, do you think Neil would have scored something like that if it happened with him? Feels like no. These and days. Mike Smith was in net against him. Yeah, he had a, yeah, he had a fifty fifty chance he, yeah, of it going yeah. in. Yeah, but I, I just like how much how much how, how much, much more, more leeway yeah, are you giving this guy? Exactly. Like at some point, you gotta just be like, look, this is why I'm still I'm having a hard time calling him Brower 2.0. I'm getting closer for sure. The only thing that's giving him some slack in my books is that he's got a history of scoring 20, 30 goals consistently. It's not like he's he was kind of like a one or two season there's, wonder. There's no like way Brower he was. can do that anymore. No, I know, but it's not like he's 40. Like it's I, not, He just can't. The, the way he's playing and the amount of games left in the season, I don't think he can do that anymore. No, I'm not, he has three goals. For sure. I'm not saying it's going to happen this season. But what I'm trying to get at is... He has seven points, man. Yeah, he has seven points at 36 minus games. 10. He's minus 10. Like, there's something backwards going on. And is it because he's not getting the first line time? Well, go figure. Why aren't you even getting line two time? I'll tell you why. You're not playing good enough. And you're not trying hard. It, it just... There's this, like, old adage where sometimes, like, professional athletes, when they get into a slump, they say, I'm just trying too hard. I can't say the same thing about James Neal. He's not even trying. That's my biggest problem right now. He's gliding. He's watching the play on the boards. When a guy like him with his body, he should be the first guy into the boards right now. By the way. That's not your style. What happened to his face? I was going to ask you the same thing. Why is he wearing that chin protector? I think he just saw Hamannick and like, this guy's playing amazing with this. I need to change it out. He put it on. I just like, I don't, there's something fucking going on here with this guy and I, I wish that, I wish I would. I knew. Um, yeah, like Hamannick broke his fucking jaw. That's why he's wearing that. But I don't. I don't know if James Neal had the same. You know, this might be a bit anything. of an unpopular opinion, but it almost seems like we're one, one injury or one event or one bad game away from a bit of a collapse. Because we we kind of have a bit of a passenger in Neal. Let's be honest here. Our our second, third, and fourth lines haven't been great. Aside from Kachuk, he's been stellar, but he's getting those power play times, and he's getting time on the first line every now and then. And our goaltending is, is suspect. And it just seems like we're riding the success of Giordano in our first line. Who ha- Those guys have been absolutely phenomenal, but if something goes wrong up there... We could be really screwed. I really wanted to see. So Sportsnet showed the most stupid fucking stat. I just, like, I want to punch my friend's TV. But they were showing this, like, 
how many wins we have in the first 35 games or something like that. And they're comparing it. To, did you see that? They're, they're mm. comparing it to the year My we feed, won. Uh, halfway through it changed to some random channel. Yeah, I had to so, scramble. So uh, they were saying that the last time the Flames won this many games in the first 35 games or something, they won the cup. And the fucking useless stat. I wanted to see how many games have we dropped when Gio didn't get a point. Because Gio has been so fucking instrumental yeah. in bringing up the play yeah. from the defensive end outside of Johnny. Like, Gio is one of the few guys on our team that can really bring the puck in, into the opposition zone and create something. It's one thing to bring it into the zone then kind of go into the corner and wait for your guys, for the troops to come in. He comes into the zone and he actually creates, just like Johnny, just like Lindholm, you know, just like Kachuk. But... I wanted to see that, and, and we didn't really have time to check that out, and that's a tough stat to find. But I want to see stats like that. So if anyone from fucking Sportsnet's listening to this, please <laughs> look up good fucking useful stats. I don't care about some eight, 1988 fucking win streak. God, like, we don't even have, like, half the fucking teams anymore from that era. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, that just pisses me. Like, that is the most fucking useless stat. Like, give me a good stat here. <laughs> Am I asking for – seriously, is that a bad stat? You tell me. Would you want to see how much, I how many games we win? I what the stat was. I'm just laughing. No, but don't you, don't you want to see stats, something like that, where it's like if Giordano gets you one point – You know what point, are the stats I hate? When they pull up, oh, David Perron's had a hat trick against Calgary and events Vancouver. Like, I don't – I don't – Yeah, care. I want to see a stat that's biased to my team because this is a fucking Sportsnet cast for the Flames – I want to know how many games we win when Giordano gets a point. I want to see that win percentage. It'll it's be, important you know for me. It'll be on the next game. You watch the Jets game, it'll be there. When Gio scores, well, better be, Flames like, are blah, 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 right? Well, that's what we need. There Jeez. was a stat today that said in afternoon games, we were 8, 4, and 3 or something like that, right? Yeah, like, but like, I want stats that like actually like make me look towards something here. Like I want player stats. I don't want like... Oh, like the last time it was like 10 degrees Fahrenheit, the Flames fucking won 20 in a row or some shit like that. Like, fuck. Or the last time somebody threw a chicken on the ice. This is when the fucking Can Flames Can you tell won. me uh, how many we won in a row when it was 9 Fahrenheit? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm sure somebody fucking, some nameless, faceless guy in the back room somewhere. By the way, do you math. know, do you have any update on Valimaki? I was actually talking to my buddy about him today. We were We were looking that up, so... He's slated to come back at the end of January. So he got injured in that Vegas game. Right. But he ended up playing that whole game. But I remember he was kind of like a little iffy for the rest of it. But he played about 17 minutes that game. And uh, he hasn't been back since. What, what's the issue? Do you know? Well, they won't disclose it, right? So I think it was upper body uh, injury. Uh, I, I don't recall you, if it was like a concussion. You know the Minnesota or... game where Dumba went off? He needs surgery now, hey? Really? Yeah, he needs surgery from that fight. Well, Big there's man. so many things I could say right now about that, but I'm not going to. Backland. Take the high road. Backland. Subpar. Man, like, we, we need this guy to – he needs to step up here. Like, we, we need Backland from a couple seasons ago. I think everybody would agree the with me. The 3M line is done, right? Yeah, it's for sure done. Um, I would like to see Bennett on there more often. Like they keep today, they shuffled him between first line and I guess what would be third line. Uh, but I would like to see Bennett given a little more consistent time. But like this season, Backlund. I mean, it's not horrible. He's got 18 points in 33 games. But you know, I need I need Backlund who got 50 points that one season. Like we, we need this guy. Secondary scoring is going to be the difference between how well you do in the playoffs and how poorly you do in the playoffs. You can't rely on your first line. Yeah, I agree. And, and that's all I really want you to bring up. You need that guy to break out. Uh, that's that second line guy to break out, right? Yeah, and I'm actually surprised. That he Brian has, Bickle. Yeah, I'm actually surprised he has 18 points. I thought it would be less, but regardless, it's just it feels like he's not a presence out there. I mean, we did start missing him when he was injured, but... His impact has not been as noticeable as it was. Absolutely, and that's all I'm asking for. Like, the points are clearly there. Um, he's getting a point every other game, which is, I mean, what you can ask for. But he is the second line, so he should be getting those kinds of production numbers. So that's all I really wanted to say. Like, I just... He, he has a little bit more to give here, and I, we need to see we that. We need a little him. more. Yeah. We need a little more. 
Okay, let's get into the part where we grade our team. Mid-season report card. You want to start up front or you want to start at the back? And by the back, I mean up top with the GM and the coach. Uh, let's start with the GM and the coach. What scale you want to use? A's, B's, C's? Let's do A, B, C's. All right. GM. True living. A. An A, hey? You? Mid-season right now, just the way that Lindholm trade has come off. That's the uh, reason why I gave him an A. You know what? I, I'm just going to say, yeah, probably an A-. minus. Just because I don't think he deserves an A. Just because that's just absolutely You realize. Stellar. But that you, was an amazing trade. And you, it, the yeah, reason why it's an A-. minus half of our team. But the A- minus is because he didn't really know what was going to happen with that. Wow, okay, but I mean, he he had, okay, maybe he was forced to make that kind of move. Maybe normally he wouldn't so do that. So if that trade was a bust, what do you give him? You giving him a D. Probably, yeah. But so that's your job. A or a D, man. Yeah, that just seems like a bit, a bit arbitrary. I, it's not arbitrary. I want to. I, I almost want to hold judgment for him to see what he does at the trade deadline with this goaltending situation. This is the best Flames team we've seen in a long time. It's, it's, I can't remember a better Flames team. Right. I cannot. And it's not just Lindholm. No. Right. But there's a lot of pieces that played into that, right? Everyone's a year older, new coach. Sure, new but players. I mean, we acquired six players. Well, don't forget, A minus, but he also got Neil. Okay. Yeah, okay. I could see a downgrade from that for sure. Although, again, it's tough to say that a guy who consistently gets 20, 30 For me, goals a season. I, I'm taking it down to a B plus because I forgot about the Neil. Wow. You go to A minus, I'll go to B plus. Sure, but it's it, pretty good. It's pretty good. Dude, he made some big, big moves and, this season. You so know, if Hannafin. Hannafin's doing all right. Again, it's kind of. It's a backland, but I'm expecting just a little bit less, but you can give a little bit more. Yeah, but. A like, little bit more. Look at. So, look at Ryan. Ryan's been. If anything, yeah. he he's does his role. He's quietly producing. He's he, doing his job. He does his role and then Slightly some. Slightly above average. Sure. And then some. He has the odd, uh, the glimpse of brilliance on the power play, the second power play line. He'll do the odd awesome move and, and then see that he has good vision, honestly. I mean, he's, he's good. Like, so he's a huge upgrade to whatever other third liner we had last season. But, I mean, which would be Brower, I guess. I don't know. But, um. Like, you have Hannafin, Lindholm, Ryan, Jarnik, and then we brought up, uh, you know, our def- like, we left Anderson on the team. We left uh, Valimaki on the team. Like Shillington. And sh- well, Shillington is kind of forced, right, because of Valimaki. But, you know, he, he was okay with just sitting fucking stone. He was okay with just dealing half this fucking team. And... I, I, that's why I, I'm a little bit still biased toward the A. All right, fair enough. It's, it's, it's okay. We then. both agree that he's doing a good job. He's doing a good so, job. I'm happy. He saved his job, I think. Oh, well. He'll, he'll get a contract he, renewal. Hopefully, yeah. I think we have to make it past the first round, though, but we'll get to that. Sure. Bill Peters and the staff. A. A. Straight up A. I'm, you know, I'm inclined to go B+, plus just because... Sometimes I say, a lot of the times I say, what are you doing, Peters? Mostly starting Smith. And I think the way he's handled the goaltending situation, not exactly the greatest fan of that. But it's been, it's been really good. It's, it's almost an A-. minus. It's almost an A-. Like, it's at the cusp of an A. It's the highest B-plus you can give. It's the perpetual problem that our, all our coaches have had in the last few seasons is the goaltending thing. That's why I'm, I'm less uh, punitive on the goaltending situation. But... Um, I, I do downgrade him for sure on that. Uh, the only thing stopping me from going to a B is that the fact that he gets the most out of all these, at least our stars. Oh, like, the way he's turned around the power play too? Uh, the power play, um, the way the guys, are, like tonight wasn't a great I, I think I'm just showing. a hard marker, that's all. Maybe. Well, I've seen you, Mark. Um, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> participation's enough for you, but... Uh, so I, 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 have a, I have an A for Peters because he's consistently motivated our stars. Tonight's not a good example, obviously, but That's in fair. general, That's a good point. In general, it seems like you know 
we read we we saw on Twitter about the whole Monahan situation a couple of practices ago. Right. Yeah. And he the made apology. everybody skate, and and Monahan apologized, and nobody fucking talked about it really to the press. And I think that's a big difference. Is that if your player is going to talk to the press about a coach losing his shit or or just. Uh, disciplining the team, you don't want the players to say to the press in a joking way, oh, huh, like smiling about it and then take it like it's no fucking big deal like with Gullitson. This year, I didn't hear anything about it outside of like just some tweets from guys who were attending the practice, but, you know, clearly the players were like, yeah, I fucked up. And and Monaghan apologized apparently, and that that's what I want to see. They're, they're, they're dialed into the system that Peters has put in, number one. My only gripe with him is obviously the goaltending, but in the in the lightning game, when James Neal fucking turned over the puck and the lightning went up four three, he kept that line on. He kept that line on so after some the questionable decision. I fucking hate that, and I think that's coaching one on one. Do not leave the guys on the ice who fucking let the puck go and they scored. That's it. That they're off. If anything, you sit them for like five minutes. They shouldn't be playing. It's the same thing that Gulson did last season when they f- he left Frolik on to that fucking yeah, travesty yeah, yeah. of a game. Don't, don't remind us. <laughs> yeah, travesty of a game. And a travesty of a performance. And quite frankly, when I see a coach do that, I get so disappointed because that is the most basic thing. And um, But still an A to me because in general, this team is playing he has done attractive hockey. And they look good. The like way the we've seen our top players play has been a revelation. It's been phenomenal. And the revitalization of Gio, my gosh. It, and it, it comes in part with him saying, you know what? The winning formula was Gio and Brody. And he's like, I'm going to reunite these guys. He said that before the se- even the training camp started. He was yeah. a big fan of that duo. And in fairness, like you know, Brody didn't have the great start again this season, but then... Peters just kept going with it, and then now those guys are actually looking pretty good again. And, and obviously, Gio's having a record season once we're, more. We're, we're going into D here. We can't do that. Sorry. We're off Stop. script, okay? Because mm. we script these. What's next? Forwards? No, no. Goalies. Goaltending. Oh, it's been Overall? C minus. I'd say C. Smith, Smith is a D minus. Riddick is, Riddick is an A minus for me. Okay, if that's how you did it, then I, I'm saying D C minus because it's passable in a general sense. Like it's passable because we're winning, but it can be a lot better. There's huge room for improvement. It's just that you've got you've got one player who you know deserves the starting spot, has been performing at an acceptable standard for a team like us, and you've got another player who's been afforded too many luxuries. I think like the. <laughs> You're right over there, boss. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm good. Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, the reason why I'm still saying it's passable in a general sense is because we are a team that's scoring three and a half goals a game, goals four. So any average goalie should be doing well in the win versus loss column when he plays. If you have a team that's scoring three and a half goals on average but, for you. But if you pull like, up the goalie stats... Riddick is above average. He's an above yeah. average goalie. No, for sure. Like I, I've been saying that from the get go. I I agree with you. I, I like I think Riddick just is, the general stats for goaltenders. Uh, he's above average. I think Riddick is an A minus for sure. I'm agreeing with you on that. But I just think that even with Smith, giving him an A minus too is just he's almost an A. Yeah, he's, I agree. I can't he's think solid. of anything he's done wrong. He's solid. But if you just look at the the big picture here with Mike Smith, he's got. 20 it looks like 20 wins and 11 or sorry 11 wins and uh where did it go the big here? picture with mike smith is that 11 wins and eight losses and that's why i'm saying it's passable because he is still winning more than he's losing and it's only because we're scoring more than we we conceive but we can't with him. be a, we, we shouldn't be a 500 team yes and why or a, but it's barely passable because he's letting in three goals a game on average and we're scoring three and a half Right, okay, So fair. he's really cutting it tight. Mass doesn't lie, as you'd say. Yeah, so th- I'm purely going off of that. But in the long term, if he was playing like this by the end of the season, the same way, it's a fucking F. 
Because my backup needs to be better than three goals a game on average. So you said C minus? For now. Just because I still feel like... I said like C. There's obviously room for improvement. Room for improvement, but if he's like this by if, the end of the season, it's If we have goaltending like this into the playoffs, we're not getting far. That's why it's an F by the end of the season. And he's not good enough to be our backup right now. So let me ask you then, just theoretically, and this might go into the GM uh, um, ranking category too, if we got a rental player that was – if we got Bobrovsky as a rental, would you do it? And you're probably giving up a first-round pick. Don't forget that. You're giving up a first-round pick at least. I got to know what my team's doing by then. Uh, we have the – let's just say we have if the same goaltending situation, the exact and, same. And we're like number three in the West? Oh, we're, we're No, we're two. top in the Pacific. We've got a five-point cushion. Yeah, I think – You're going to make the playoffs. You're a contender. I think you go for it because our, our pool of – our pool of uh, farm players is actually pretty decent, so it's okay to miss one Parsons, year. Parsons, Gillies, and it's oh, okay. Oh, you to, just mean in general? No, I'm saying in general, it's okay to let go of that one first overall, uh, first round pick for one year, because our our well, pool is Our team's pretty deep. young too. Our team is young, and and don't forget, most of our players in the roster right now are all scouted and developed by us. Yeah, that's true. We talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, and and there's still decent players ready to come up from the farm. That's true. So. I'm okay with giving one, just the offhand first-round pick for a Bobrovsky, of course, uh, especially for doing as well as we are. If we're number one or div by then, I think we definitely go for it. That's our window. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, I mean, especially if Mike Smith is playing like this. Like, again, he's not even good enough to be a backup right now with those numbers. Like, if we were only scoring two and a half goals a game, this guy's done. Defense. Uh, I'm going to say B. The reason why I say B is because I've seen them some games where they just let go so many fucking breakaways. We let in a lot of goals. <laughs> we let in a lot of goals, but is that a function of the goaltending or is that a function of the defense? It's a little bit of both. They're, they're, but the breakaway thing, too, we do we, we that, gave up we gave so up breakaways. Yes, and I wish I could look up a stat like that, but... Uh, that's that Edmonton game comes to mind. Well, there was like three, that game alone. Drysaddle with two. Maybe it's our system, but yeah, I'm inclined to say B. And here's where I want to ask a, a bit of a separating question. Uh, this will be easy. Who's your standout performer, and who's your needs to improve significantly? I think they've all been decent. Geo is obviously the standout. That's a no-brainer, and Geo is the reason why it's a B for me. I agree. Yeah. Otherwise, he, it might a, be. He's an A plus. He's yeah. an A plus. Otherwise, I I probably lean toward the B minus, even C plus range for how many fucking breakaways we've let in a game. Like I haven't Amnick seen this many is breakaways. Hamnick is a B plus, A minus, and the rest are kind of yeah. average. You took the words out of my mouth. Like Hamnick has had a fucking career season with us so far. He's been blocking shots. He's been standing up for the players, and he's just been solid defensively. So you had to pick one player who can improve the most from that core. Just, just Dalton Prout, get his fists out, hey? Yeah, That's it. Fuck, the easy that, answer. Don't get me started with that. Uh, honestly, like, in terms of uh, knowing what he's capable of, I think Brody could use the most improvement. Uh, like, with Anderson and, and Shillington right now, it's kind of like, well, you know, like, you guys, this is kind of your real first full-fledged season. So, I, like, you're doing really well. Don't get me wrong. I... I just there's no there's no real standard for you guys yet. You're doing good, but with like Brody, we know what he's capable of. Hannafin again, he's well, still young, right? Like Brody, Brody should be better. I'll put I, it out. And way. I'm gonna have a bit of a I, I, a different take, but I'm gonna say, who needs to improve is all of our young defenders. I need to see one of them realize that that mantle that Giordano holds is gone in a few years. And one of them's got to take it. That's and who is it that's going to fill those roles? I don't care, but one of them's got to step up. And I, I just I feel like I haven't seen that from them. They're kind of, yeah, I've earned my spot here and I'm playing well. What can I do to get more? I, I, I want to see that constantly. What can I do to be better? What so can Val I do Mackey to be was more? kind of showing that, right? He had those glimpses of Kate, like, wow, this kid comes back. Good. Keep it going. Keep yep. it going. I want to see someone who's absolutely banging down the door, who busts into your lineup like a like a Gostaspear, who says, I'm the number one guy, maybe because we got no one else, but 
I'm also I can do it. I'm good. Yeah, you're right. And we have a good pool of depth when it comes to You know how Goudreau came into the team. I want that for a defenseman. Maybe not that extreme because that's really rare, but just wow, this guy, he's gonna he's gonna carry our club into into the future. Just look hungry. Just look hungry. Precisely. And last but not least, forwards. Oh, the forwards have been A A plus, man. Uh, I don't know. Well, we're top five in the league in goals scored. Okay. Lindholm, Goudreau, Monahan, Kachuk. Yeah. A to A plus. The rest. Forwards are but a, people a are twelve doing their man jobs. unit. Twelve man unit. There is a huge discrepancy between those four players and the rest of our team in scoring. Huge. The gap is insane. Like, look at it right now. There it is. You got those five guys plus Geo, Kachuk, Goudreau, Geo, Monahan, Lindholm, and then there's a huge drop. Bang. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. But and that's kind of my point with Backlund, kind of bit back there, but. Guys like uh, Ryan and, you know, Quine and all these guys, like they're doing their role and halfway they're doing their role and they're not going to be getting but, points. Okay, what's the but, role of a forward? But Backlund, I agree with you, he's got to step up a bit more. Bennett, like... Neil? Ben, well, yeah. Fuck. Bennett only has 12 points. I mean, are we being soft so on this Bennett, guy? No, no, no. Bennett, Bennett needs to be better. He So tonight he showed some great determination and, and glimpses. He did the same thing the Tampa game, but then three games before that, he was kind of invisible. He needs to be more consistent. That's a guy that I actually want to do better. I expect way more out of Bennett by now. Um, okay, so, so he's what, on what's, that your, bridge what's your contract, grade? Right? What's your grade overall? I'm still giving it an A because Jesus our top Christ. four guys right now. Anyone, you want to take a class with Jank anytime. No, but like, look, in the league right now, we're top five in goals four, right? So it's hard for me to go below an A because of that alone. Yes, Goodrell, Mana, Kachuk, Lindholm, Giordano, they are, they are skewing this they are grade exceptional. for me. They're skewing this grade for me, but for good reason. They have been exceptional. 48 points in 37 games for Goodrell is exceptional. Yeah. So, uh, you know, sure, for uh, me, maybe I'm being generous, but... Probably, probably B+. Plus. Just because Neil's been a bit of a flop... Yeah. Bennett, Backlund, a bit disappointing. I just have high expectations of these guys. And I think we can just do a bit better in line two, three, and four. Line one, absolutely stellar. And the power play, first unit power play, Even very, Hamannick, very strong. Hamannick very has more strong. points than Neil. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> just probably more ice time, man. Just being on the ice. You know, and Hathaway is only two points behind Neil. <laughs> and he has like four games less. That's let's not, fucking let's sad. Let's not go there. So... Your standout from the forwards. Good draw. Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go off the cuff. I'm going to say Monaghan. Just quietly getting it done. Putting those pucks in. Doing what he can. I just see a I big like difference it. between Goudreau this season than last season. Goudreau's obviously playing with a lot more Exceptional. Right? 48 points. Yeah. Kachuk breaking out. 42 points from 37 games. But, but you know what? Sean, he, de- he deserves a bit of recognition. I'm going to give it Absolutely. to him. Absolutely. And I'm he's got 21 goals in 37 games. Nothing to be shy about. That is phenomenal. Who needs to elevate it the most? Let's just say we can't say Neil. Well, yeah, I was about That's to say. That's the obvious one, right? Well, I think I was saying Backlund before, but maybe it's between Backlund and Bennett for me. Uh, like, Backlund for sure, but Bennett has that – Fuck, he, like, he started the season off really well in my mind. Like, I was like, this guy, okay, he's turning it around. He's got so much potential, just, but he have to show it now. You've been in the league for a few years now. It's time. For me, it was, it was Zarnik. Just that amazing preseason being slotted into that second line yeah, and, and just, just not taking that off. chance. Absolutely falling off the face of the earth. He's been supplanted by Quine. Yeah, and Quine just worked hard, got there, and did the job. And did Quine, the job. And like, Quine good does, for him. Exactly. Four points in eight games no, is not no, good for him. And just, it's just disappointing that Zarnik couldn't nail that down. And he's still lingering, right? He's still it's like done. Uh, up it's there. Done. Well, it, it's not done. It's going to take – if one player – I think it's done, man. You know what? Why don't you sit – would you sit – uh, Neil and try Zar- uh, no, Zarnik. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Zarnik had that. He earned his spot on the team, and he couldn't keep it. 
He earned it, and he should have just, he had those, he had that power play time. He had that second line time. He was even given more luxury than Neil in some cases, and he just, he couldn't do it. And other guys have just come in, been more consistent, produced more. They deserve it. Um, I, I would not remove Quine from this team right now, and I would not put Zarnik back in. I wouldn't take Hathaway out. Maybe if I'm taking anyone out, it's uh, Jankowski. But probably yeah. not wanting to put Zarnik in for Jankowski. That just seems like it's not going to happen. But We're in I, was hour, just, by I, the way. I was just disappointed he had his chance, and he didn't, he didn't make the new uh, 2M plus a C line. That's what I wanted to happen, you know, yeah. or an A, but it didn't. And, but yes, an hour mark. We're an hour in. I got to take a piss. So <laughs> let's, let's, let's get this thing <laughs> wrapped up here. <laughs> let's go. That was it. That was it. We can't grade anyone else. Okay. The fans, I give an A plus two, just because sure. you listen to our fans. You listen okay. to Close us. Close it out. You're amazing. It's always good to have you on here. Like I said at the beginning. Have a great Christmas, a happy new year. Be safe. Enjoy the time with your family and friends. You can email us, flamesfancast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, flamesfancast. We're there. We're happy to respond to any of your questions or answer anything that you want us to talk about on the show. We love to interact with you. I know that I am looking forward to these last three games of 2018 for the Flames. I hope we get three wins out of them. And I hope 2018 ends fantastically for you have a good night good morning or good afternoon wherever you're listening thank you so much bye-bye